0: for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
1: Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, Welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome.
0: He's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Monday, Gary, and to all of our audience, don't panic if you hear something in the background. I accidentally pulled the fire alarm.
2: Unbelievable. I
0: panicked. I couldn't find the creamer for the coffee. And I thought, well, this is the coffee alarm, right? It must be the coffee alarm. Well, Apparently, it's not. Well, you just panicked. I just panicked. You just panicked. Well, because I needed
2: creamer for the coffee. I love AOC. <laughs> well, he just panicked. He just panicked. Talking about Representative uh, Jamal Bowman, who uh, pulled the fire alarm. Uh uh-huh. The Republicans say to delay a vote. He said he was just confused and thought the fire alarm opened the doors. Right. Because <laughs> he can't read?
0: <laughs> he can't read the words fire well, or alarm?
2: Look, I, you, we have... I'm sure he can read. We, we have dumbed down the people, Democrats especially, have dumbed down the people who who serve in congress uh-huh. maybe he doesn't know the actual difference between a door opener and a fire alarm i guess not <laughs> maybe he doesn't well are they even do do they even do the
0: fire drills in in public schools anymore i'm going to assume yes yeah i don't know i wouldn't assume i would assume uh, i would say that it's quite possible they're just looking at the kids going look good luck Single file, quadruple file, we don't care. Single file, Jerry. Just run. Just get out.
2: (laughs) Be like fire ants. Walk over the other fire ants if they get in your way. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, I I believe that's part of uh, most schools today, fire alarms. Active shooter, things like that would, yes, be something. that Part of that exercise is not just
0: the whole single file thing and taking four hours to get out of a building. (laughs) It's also (laughs) learning about what a fire alarm looks like in the event
2: of a fire. Yeah, that's the thing that's not believable because any of us from the time we were kids, because fire alarms have, believe it or not, Believe it or not, kids, fire alarms have been around for a while. And they have the words fire and alarm right on them. Yes. And you know not to pull it, right? Yes. You know not to push it, pull it, whatever it is. I've been tempted, but I haven't done it. You know, I haven't even seen, do we have like, do we have a fire alarm here? Yes. Okay, I've just never, I've never seen it. Like, Yes, that. we do. Okay. Yeah. Is it on the hallway? So I'm not going to pull it. I want to make clear. <laughs> no, it's in the women's
0: bathroom to keep it away from the
2: guys. <laughs> George, how much attention I'm paying mm-hmm. right now. The only thing I'd pay attention to is if I go by a building and it says civil defense and it has that, you know, the sign that the civil defense shelter, mm-hmm. like, wow, that's pretty worn. Yeah. Uh, because all the signs are, I don't think, I don't think there's any new civil defense. Right. Uh, shelters uh, right. anymore. It's like, nah, 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 you're on your own. Yeah. I mean, oh. No, they have no more fire. They have no more active shooter. Everything is hiding from the COVID virus in the schools. That's what right. they do. They have the COVID Duck alarm. and cover
0: your face with a mask. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there I am sleeping last night, mm-hmm. and I wake up. You know, I, I wake up. It's like okay, just you know, right in the middle. I went back to sleep again, but I woke up. I'm okay. Wonder what's uh, on the TV. I'm just flicking through. Taylor Swift. I mean, as I'm flicking through, there's Taylor Swift right there. Yeah. In in in, in the stands again, mm. and but I thought to myself, look, look, and and it happened yesterday. Now my uh, Buffalo Bills had a big game yesterday against Miami, and. Kansas City has their pop star. Take a guess who was at the uh, the 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 Bills game? Proudly promoting that he was at the Bills game. Hmm. He did it a couple of years ago. Hmm. OJ. Oh. Wow. So you've got Kansas City. You've got the pop star. We got the murderer. Yeah, double murderer.
0: This is a. Uh, you know it's. <laughs> By the way, what kind of reception does he get? Because everybody knows he's there.
2: Yeah, you know, he was in a he was in a box. Set, right. So He was behind the glass. Yeah. I know that. That's what I was... They, I, did they
0: show him on camera?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was talking on camera about... Yeah. Uh, I really didn't pay attention to it. I just shook my head. I really don't care about what OJ's analysis is of, a, of the yeah, game. Yeah, it's not about the football anymore, dude. Right. right. I did see... Was it uh, who was? It uh, uh, was a panel discussion on uh, Norm Macdonald again, mm. and they were talking to um, the guy who wrote a lot of jokes with him, mm. whatever. And they were talking about the one there's just they were always trying to get silence. Mm-hmm. You know that's what they were trying to do. They mm-hmm. and then they, he talked about Norm MacDonald's stare, whether a joke worked or not. You know how he just stare into the mm-hmm. camera
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and not say anything, just mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. And and they they talked about the one that uh, uh, that Nor McDonald did the one time. He goes, everybody seems to be complaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the editorial here, op-ed piece here. Uh, it was the uh, the the first Mother's Day after the murder, and OJ didn't visit his kids. He just paused. He goes, that's because he murdered their mother. <laughs> it was just so funny yeah. the way he just did it. it was, And they talked <laughs> about the flag that they were, you know, just the flag. It was the guy, I can't think of the guy's name that wrote it with him. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of the writing stuff. And he said they were meticulous in the timing and everything mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure they got it right. But, I mean, that's what Norm MacDonald really got known for was the O.J. jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but It's uh, also what he got fired for.
0: Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. From SNL, yeah.
2: Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, so it was so funny. i like, oh, man, I just go back to sleep. I went back to sleep. It's like shaking my head. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I can't get away. I can't get away.
0: Well, it's, it is, uh, It it's, you know, and by the way, I look forward uh, to the Taylor Swift album in 2026. Kelsey is just another word for Satan. And it's going to be a great breakup album, I think. I think she'll no. probably move on.
2: The meme I like, loved the best was her song when they break up five years from now. Mm-hmm. I had a tight end.
0: Wow. They actually put that on a meme and put it out there, did they? Yes. Okay. All right.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right keep working. Uh I do know for a fact though. There hmm. are people in Kansas City that've had it that they've had enough of it. I would think they've had enough of the, the Taylor Swift it's like okay, this is getting to be burnout. And apparently just from the memes, they were constantly showing her and I and I guess Ryan Reynolds was with her and everything else and it's like they could not stop doing it. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, if she's there She's the focus. Yeah. Forget football. <laughs> you can get to a point where people are buying tickets to the stadium and then realize, oh, wow. Somebody's having a football game right before
2: the Taylor Swift event. Does it's- a f- is a football game now going to break out at a Taylor Swift concert? Probably. Be the,
0: the what if she thing? refuses to play at a
2: halftime show?
0: See that's where it starts to break up right now, with With her
2: I still have it's like the perverted sense of awe. I'm like I don't get it. And as you and I talked about there are, there are pop stars that you know it's like okay it's not my thing but mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get what they do. I mean mm-hmm. if you you know and I, and I get their in, I get their incredible talent even if it's not what I you know prefer. And you mentioned you know Pink the other day or mm-hmm. you could uh you know or even Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, you could say that Grandma Gaga. No, nah, she's too old, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, and, and unrecognizable because of her plastic surgery. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, Grandma Gaga is Madonna for people that don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, Taylor, so I just don't get it. I don't I, I don't I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I don't either.
2: Just don't get it. I don't either. And, you know, just, but
0: as long as she is who she is and she keeps showing up at the game, it's all going to be about her. I would think at some point you'd go. You know what? I went to a game. I went to a couple of games. Let's let the team have their glory. Half of the people are going, "What team?" That's how
2: bad it's going to get. I because you don't want the distraction. Well, I mean, I I the I, we got completely lost in the other news that the finally the Kansas City Chiefs are going to change your name. Mhm. To the Swifties,
0: there you go, (laughs) and then change it back after the divorce. (laughs) Formerly known as Swifties.
2: Well, the one thing is, there are paparazzi in. Well, I guess they were in New York. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's right because they're playing in New York. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, did the paparazzi have to go to Kansas City? Not a place where they usually. I don't think. I, I I
0: don't think they would be willing to do that.
2: <laughs> we we've got a uh a, a great show ahead fire alarm uh the uh, speaker's job will be challenged a lot of matt gates talk uh over the uh, the 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 weekend the, the death, death, in, of, uh, Dianne death of uh diane feinstein that's that's yeah you know I, I i was thinking about it earlier and i'm i'm just like well we already talked we, no, because it, really it, happened it happened Friday. On Friday. Half well, an but after our that show. and the
0: New York, the flooding in New York. Yeah, you know, two big stories on on Friday, and and it just the week. There's so much that happens over the weekend. It feels like it was a week
2: ago. Yeah, it does. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, well, did not we cover that? Yeah. It's like, oh no, my gosh, no. It. Right. It was the when when I woke up, I mm-hmm. saw it. Mm-hmm. When I woke up Friday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't talk about it on the show. Yeah. So we got a great show ahead. Eight six six ninety red eye.
3: This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. As the seasons change, so does truck maintenance. Cold weather can affect everything from your batteries and air brake system to tire inflation and fuel lines. Here's a maintenance tip to help make sure your rig is ready when winter comes knocking. Have your batteries tested by a certified technician. Dead batteries are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. Testing them now will indicate whether or not they can keep up with electrical demands of your truck this winter. When you have your batteries tested, check the alternator for sufficient amperage and voltage output as well. Find a professional technician near you to have your batteries and alternator tested today so you'll be ready when the seasons change.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: great deals hey i have a great find in your bargain hunting journey book online at motel6.com use the code cpredeye to get 15 percent off your stay at motel 6 or studio 6 with almost 1500 locations across the country there's almost always a motel 6 or or Studio 6 nearby, and truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code Eye. that's the letters cp Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
2: Detroit Radio, Uh, he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Well, I guess uh, Senator uh, Feinstein, after she passed away, uh, Newsom announced uh, uh, LaFonza Butler, president of EMILY's List. By the way, you can't get more further left than EMILY's List. Mm. They're basically a a lobby group that exists just for abortion. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and she is uh, a former campaign advisor for Kamala Harris. Right. So,
0: Yeah. Um, look,
2: I don't know where that goes
0: in the fall of uh, 24. Uh, because there are a number of people that are looking to fill that seat and want to run. Uh, Adam Schiff has already announced he wants to run for that seat. Uh, I'm guessing Butler is going to want to rerun. She would have to start her campaign essentially almost immediately and announce that at at some point after being seated. Uh, But that's so they're they're your your first two contenders. And it makes you wonder, is is there any room left for Adam Schiff in this equation? Because Butler, as you mentioned, is far left. Uh, a, a female, this is important to the, li- the liberal left, LGBTQ, LGBTQ uh, a, a woman of color, and all of this, and Adam Schiff, the old white guy. You know, name recognition is one thing, but Butler will have greater name recognition between now and November 2024 for those that don't know her name already. So this is likely going to end up head-to-head or Adam Schiff just decides he's not going to run for that seat. I
2: don't know. We'll see. And. I mean, we basically, it was common knowledge. He wasn't going to pick anybody who was seriously going to run. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, uh, why? I don't know. Because I don't know. I didn't see anywhere where she has said, because it's still new, where she said, well, I'm just going to fill it. I'm not going to run.
0: Right. Right. No, I could see someone like her. That's actually what I'm saying. I I could see someone like her absolutely wanting to use this as leverage for a 24 run. and And we'll see if that happens. And, you know, the Senate showdown for 24 looks pretty interesting. It goes back and forth now, though, because you've got a number of seats. And this is what I think Democrats are worried about that are vulnerable to the left. And people like a Joe Manchin. People, you know, that that uh, and there's a there's a few others where it could it could turn the tide and, and the, the shift could go in favor of the Republicans. Now that's applying historical standards. I don't know by the time November of twenty twenty four gets here. I don't know that if that any of those standards still apply. So we'll see, but in California, I my thought is uh, the way the left is today. If Butler wants to run in twenty four, she's got a really good chance, and she would likely have the endorsement of people like a Gavin Newsom.
2: Yeah, I I think that I I believe the party itself would rather have somebody like her. Yeah, I think so. Than an Adam Schiff, I, th- I think so. Too. I think they view him as being uh, being tainted because of everything that had uh, happened that he comes across as a partisan. Now she's a partisan. Mm -hmm. You just don't know her Mm -hmm. and she becomes the incumbent. Right. And that's the, the, that's part of a formula for them. You know,
0: they love to have people who are, if you, if you know, if you're not following along who done that, that lack of name recognition means lack of baggage as far as they're concerned right now, you know, for the people and and in California, you know, it's not going to my gosh, she could be she could tower. I would love to see the polls. She might tower over someone like an Adam Schiff.
2: Well, you know, it's it's the same reason that you've heard uh, uh, so much of the the talk about, well, Michelle Obama is going to run for president, Michelle mm-hmm. Obama. Mm-hmm. And that comes from Democrats who look and say, OK. She doesn't have a history right now. We know what she is. We know how radically left she is. Mm -hmm. I believe she's probably more radically left than even uh, uh, former President Obama. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fact is, she has no history. Mm -hmm. No, and they she doesn't have to defend any vote. Right. Right. If you're not paying attention and we're paying attention
0: Mm -hmm. in 2008, Barack Obama didn't have much of a history
4: you know yeah, he was the new guy
0: yep and they love that they love yeah. not having baggage i mean the the hillary clintons of the world are a problem for them because that baggage is so heavy these days uh, for the left and the right
2: well not for dana perino <laughs> yeah.
0: and was the, there any more blowback on that no, one? i didn't see any I, but if you I. if you're on the left and you come back you know you've you've got ga- a, a baggage and you come back again again and again The baggage gets worse. That's the problem. Remember, Hillary was asked by young reporters about Bill Clinton
1: when she was running in 2016. (laughs) They had to build a
0: wall around Hillary to guard her from those questions.
1: To Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios,
2: and I'm Gary McNamara, along with Eric Harley. Uh, Gary, uh, the Dallas
0: County Sheriff Department is asking for our help and reaching out, maybe to some truck drivers, about an incident that happened uh, regarding the death of an Arlington, Texas police officer, Darren McMichael. Uh, he was killed uh, on September. Twenty uh, first, the morning of September twenty first, and it happened at six o five a.m. Sometime between six o five and six ten a.m. Uh, the accident occurred on westbound I twenty, just east of the St Augustine exit. Uh, traffic was slowing down, and Arlington police officer Darren McMichael was on his police motorcycle and bumped the back of a Ford SUV in the left lane. He was behind this SUV. That SUV slowed down uh, pretty rapidly, and then he hit that SUV when he then fell off his motorcycle uh, to the left onto the shoulder between the yellow stripe and the concrete center wall. Uh, This is where an unknown dark-colored vehicle ran over Officer McMichael and continued westbound on I 20 without stopping. Uh, Crime Stoppers is offering $5,000, and Oak Farms Dairy is now upping that with an additional $15,000 reward uh, for information uh, of the person responsible again for running over. And uh, it, it, Officer Mc, McMichael uh, was run over and later died at the hospital. Uh, they want information on this on this person uh, or persons who ran over uh, Officer McMichael here. And again, that reward went from five thousand on the Crime Stoppers level and upped by fifteen thousand thanks to Oak Farms Dairy. So, if you have any information, if you're a truck driver that was in that area, again, this would have been the morning of September 21st between 6:05 and 6:10 a.m. And this is I-20 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just east of the St. Augustine exit. All right. So uh, this was uh, westbound, westbound I-20. Uh, if you have any information, if you saw anything at all, uh, you can call the Dallas County Sheriff's Office at 214-749-5189. That's 214 749 5189 They're asking for any trucking companies, any truck drivers that may have been in that area uh, That's that have seen anything. Uh, Officer McMichael was laid to rest last week. Uh, again, the number is
2: 214-749-5189 if you saw anything. That was a, I mean, it was horrible what happened. Uh, I mean, the news item that had, had come out that, his wife was behind him in traffic. Mm-hmm. She saw it. Yeah. Yeah. As he was, I guess she worked, I believe she works also for the police department. Mm-hmm. And they were both, I guess, heading to work. And mm-hmm. he decided to take his motorcycle. All right. Just horrible. Just yeah. a horrible. But hopefully that uh, helps. Uh, I know that. Do you remember the one time that uh, this goes back maybe. Oh, I'm going to guess maybe eleven or twelve years mm. uh, where a guy was crossing 183 and got hit. yeah, right. It was a hit and run mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny because it was you know this is I don't know probably it could be a might have been a month after there's a knock on my door where well, I look out, my front door. <laughs> knock at my door, I look at the camera, I look and it's an Irving Police Department vehicle. Mm. Well, I don't live in Irving, Texas. I'm mm. like, what in the world is this? Mm-hmm. And the guy knew who I, you know, I remember he, he he knew who I was. Yeah. And he came up and he said, hey, he said, uh, and my old vehicle, I mean, it was a, uh, the same type of vehicle they believe that hit that person at the time of the accident. Oh, okay. I remember what it was. This goes way, way back. Mm-hmm. This goes all the way back to when you and I were working in in uh, 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 in Arlington because I had not moved yet, mm-hmm. or I just had moved. and that's what happened. or I had moved a couple of months. and what happened was they saw because they thought it was my type of ve- you know vehicle and they were looking for all of them. Mm-hmm. and they saw that where my vehicle was in the last couple of weeks there, had changed its address because I wanted to change the address right but where I used to live was only a few miles from where the accident was mm. so they were checking out all the vehicles and mm. it was funny because he said do you mind if I check out the vehicle and it was my old vehicle and I said yeah no no problem at all uh, well it was my old vehicle that wasn't that old at the time <laughs> mm. and he walks right up the front looks he goes no you're fine mm-hmm.
0: they were looking for specific damage or right. any evidence that it had been repaired. Right.
2: It, exactly. And the evidence it was repaired was the fact that it would have been a clear, uh, you know, uh, uh, lens, plastic lens mm-hmm. over the front. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have been. It, so the other one, you know, the other side, the other one would have been worn and this mm-hmm. one would not have been mm-hmm. as much. And they look, they go, no, you're not. <laughs> and I wasn't the person. Mm-hmm. And I think they eventually found who did it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. So they keep looking for these things. So. Sure. Any Absolutely. Help? Any help would be uh, be great because that yeah, the, was
0: just... the the person who was uh, driving that Ford SUV, by the way, is is not a uh, has no place in this. Uh, they did pull over. They stayed there on the scene, uh, and this would be the person that was in the the uh, the Ford SUV ahead of Officer McMichael. Uh, they did what you're supposed to do, and they pulled over, and they stayed there uh, uh, throughout. And so. Uh, you know, you you look at this and and I don't know how many, I don't know what the 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 automobile count would be on on that stretch of freeway at between six oh five and six ten on a weekday morning. Oh. But it's very busy. It's very busy. When you talk about I, westbound I, and I, eastbound, yeah, I
2: go over it every. Mm-hmm. You know, I now I'm not at, at six o'clock. I go over it about
0: tw- an hour before about, that. Or, about
2: twenty after five. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, it builds up. It builds up really, really quickly. Yeah, I-20. it does. Because that's know, that's a section that goes. I mean, that's a section of our of I twenty that goes through, you know, uh, Dallas and then yeah. uh, then uh, the suburbs. You know, Duncanville, Grand Prairie, Arlington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all the you know, and that's a probably what is that maybe a twenty long mile stretch that's yeah. just packed.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's. I remember when I used to drive from Arlington to here when we were our studios were in Arlington. If if I left at 6 or 7 a.m., which I often did, a couple hours after the show, I mean, it was just traffic was just... And it usually between 5.30 and 6.30, it's moving pretty quickly. It's moving very quickly. So hopefully they can get to the bottom of this and, and find the person responsible. And uh, so if drivers or any trucking companies we know... We have a lot of folks that work in the front offices of of trucking companies that listen to us in this area. Uh, Put the word out, please, to your drivers. Ask them if they saw anything that looked out of the ordinary uh, on that stretch of road. Again, I-20 westbound. Uh, This was uh, I-20 just east of the St. Augustine exit.
2: Yeah, and, 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 you know, when you when you actually look at it, I mean, how the accident happened, slowed down, but the motorcycle hit the back of the other car mm-hmm. and then fell onto the left-hand shoulder of the road. Right, yeah. And this other guy came to the left, you know, which means he was, whoever, I don't know if it was a guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. the the person driving the the other, what would have been, the other, uh, the dark-colored sedan mm-hmm. went into the, was on the shoulder of the road and ran right over him yeah and then just continued going yeah wow yeah yeah hopefully yeah. they
0: get to the bottom of this hopefully they find the person responsible
2: yeah so um yeah i that was when that happened that just that hit me it's not far from where i live and and so when um it just you know it, you just shake your head and then you hear that the Wife was right behind mm-hmm. and saw the whole mm-hmm. thing happen. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. I don't know how you get through something like that. You know, yeah. you just don't know. No, but uh, we, you know, we know that uh, you know, heading to work wasn't at work yet, but you know, mm-hmm. um, still, we we talk about police officers all the time, and we've spent a lot of time over the last decade talking about police officers as as uh, the profession as a whole has been uh attacked unfairly and unjust yeah, and unjustifiably sure. as we have said to the point of absurdity what we got a couple of years ago and um you know so you know what they go through you know what they go through every day it's it's a job I couldn't do yeah it's uh it tremendously stressful it's a sure. job I wouldn't want to do right I, I don't very know what few I'd, do yeah it's it, I look at that as that's that's a calling mm-hmm. you know you don't most people don't become police officers just to fill in the time between uh, one profession and another.
0: Yeah, and that calling is not growing. Unfortunately, uh, for many people, they're just not considering that line of work anymore. And you're seeing it. You're seeing the results as, a you know, the, the many of these major metro areas are struggling to find police officers, to find people who want to be police officers. You know, it makes me more appreciative of anybody who's going to serve.
2: Yeah, same with me. And and uh, you know, driving you know driving through Dallas as I do, most of it's you know not all of it, lots of it on the tollway these days. But you're always seeing accidents. You know, it's a yeah. big city. You've got millions of cars on the road. It's like, you know, it's interesting too because when you live here. Compared to when I lived, for example, in Buffalo, which is like one seventh of the population, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. means you don't hear as many automobile accidents, right? And you know, you you know, we come here. If you're listening, you know, not not that all accidents get prime time on the TV, but they do in the they do when they're doing the traffic, right? Sure. And it's just like when I first moved here, I remember thinking, wow, oh, there's accidents everywhere all the time. Oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. It's so much bigger of an area with so many more cars. That's natural that you're going to hear that. Right. But it's just, um, you know, I really think in this case, I don't know what, you know, who knows what happened in this case. This hit and run, it just seems bizarre. But if you run over, you run over a body in a sedan, you know you've run over a body.
0: Well, I would think that that person is is aware. Right. But eventually, hopefully, they they're able to find this person.
2: And I've just talked in general about people, you know, driving. And it's like, I, I you know, you look at it, and we talk about the dumbed down society. Mm-hmm. And I really look at these people that are going 100, 110 miles an hour, complying by you, and you just shake your head. And you go, they must not know physics. Mm-hmm. Or, they're, or they're just so high or drunk that they don't care.
0: Yeah, it could be, it could be a number of things that, you know, with, with people, this is why it, it really frightens me, you know, my kids all learn to drive in this major metro area. Now my grandkids are all learning to drive. Uh, I have three right now that are driving, three grandchildren. And it scares the daylights out of me. And their generation doesn't want that ultimate responsibility. They do like the freedom, but they don't. It wasn't like when I was growing up and we were in smaller towns. Mm-hmm. You saw it as freedom, your ability to get back and forth. And if you couldn't do that, you were stuck at home, you know? And so learning to drive and and being good at it was paramount. And these days it's it's a it's a learning curve, especially in major metro areas. Our area is growing so fast. There are so many vehicles in this area. So hopefully someone is able to uh, provide some information that leads uh, to the authorities finding the person responsible for running over Officer McMichael.
2: Eight six six ninety red Eye.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: Radio. He's your morning. I'm Gary McNamara uh, coming up following uh, the top of the hour. We'll get into uh, uh, and it's something that we've talked about in general, the umbrella of what's going on in uh, in, in Congress. But uh, the continuing re- re- resolution uh, to keep the government afloat for another 45 days was uh, passed. What may happen because of that? We will get to uh, uh, that. The criticism of Matt Gates and more and. Just reading this headline here nearly all San Francisco restaurants vandalized in the past month. New survey. And I'm like, okay, now what is that? You know, nearly all. What is it? 74% of respondents uh, done a survey done by the Golden Gate Restaurant Association. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it said 74%. I, I got it wrong that 74 respondents to the survey of a restaurant owners inside the city, just 3% said they had not experienced vandalism okay. or property crime in the last month. Yeah. So at that point, it was, you're over, I thought, I, I read it 74%. That's over 90%. Yeah. That's wow. that's massive.
0: That's a massive wow. amount of restaurants and no wow. surprise. No, no. And what's either. being done about it. Nothing.
3: Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts
1: This is Red Eye Radio Is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Well, we don't have a partial government shutdown. We have a 45 day continuing resolution. And uh, this week, it looks like some in the House Freedom uh, Caucus uh, will uh, attempt to get a vote. Uh, To uh, vote out uh, Speaker uh, McCarthy, as Speaker McCarthy has said, "Bring it on." And so, you know, this is none none of this surprises us at all. We've gone through, you know, if if there's been two people that have been consistent that uh, there is too much debt in this country, it's us. (laughs) I know I probably have been fighting for it more. Is anybody left in the House? Uh, no, I don't think anybody's left in the house that was there in 89 when I started doing talk radio. That, to be clear 1989. 1989 yeah. yes yes not 1889 yes Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, you know you you can't really you can't get much done if you don't have the Senate and you don't have the the, 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 the presidency. Hmm. um that's just the reality of it do i understand and i'm just not going to focus in on gates i'll focus in on the house freedom caucus do i understand their fury yeah you've heard it here for the last well since we've been together 18 years and uh, before that from from both of us doing our you know our other shows at at that point when i became a talk show host in 89 one of the first things was the whole clean the clean sweep that Republicans were involved in where they were actually protesting the national deficit and the debt in front of congressional offices and everybody was carrying a broom and sweeping up mm-hmm. and you know there was actually concern way way back then and I think we were just over four trillion then wow. I think that's what it was at that I just I don't remember but um uh, and the the problem that you have here is you have people in the House Freedom Caucus that don't trust that Republicans really wish to cut. But there's a reason why Republicans really don't wish to cut. That's because Republicans really don't wish to cut. Yeah, right. And I wish there was a way out. You know, I, I know that the bill that they – Had the initial bill that would have extended it for another 45 days actually had cuts in. I was reading a National Review article that said uh, Speaker McCarthy, you know, uh, went to the House Freedom Caucus and they made it clear to him. uh, This was in National Review. They made it clear to him anything the Democrats in the Senate would pass, they will not vote for. Well, if your whole goal is a shutdown for a shock, who's going to be punished in the next election for that? And it's a great question. I don't have the answer for it. Well, the the only answer I would have is you have no chance of having significant cuts unless you own 2024. It's not coming.
0: And, and that would be it. And it would have to be people who are like-minded with the Freedom Caucus to own that in order to, you know, get to that level. And the point is, is something you and I have been saying. Until you change the hearts and minds of the rank-and-file voter, going after McCarthy is not going to get you much. It's going to get you some attention on the Sunday morning talk shows. It's going to get you some attention in the media. But the bigger fight is convincing the American people, and and you don't even have to go that far, convincing rank-and-file Republican voters that we need to do something about this and we need to do it now. As conservatives, we can look at it and see it. We've been screaming for years. I can't tell you why so many on the right, so many Republican voters— Don't care anymore.
2: And when we see the polling, and the polling is the same, uh, Republicans, mere Democrats, well, we can balance the budget. Mm -hmm. Simply no foreign aid and Mm -hmm. stop the wasteful spending. Mm -hmm. It's completely wrong, but the polls show the majority of Republicans believe that. Right. And it's not true. No, it just it, simply is. No, it's 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 not true. But if you don't win in 2024 big, then you have no chance of significantly cutting the budget or reducing the rate of growth, hoping that the economy catches up, but we're in a we're in a spot now unfortunately where The screaming should have been done 20 years ago. I was about to say, this is so far past the line that we crossed.
0: And that line was crossed at the point when you had more Republicans who didn't care about it than you did Republicans who cared about it. And I don't remember when that was, but it was years ago. Look at the makeup on Capitol Hill. Oh, my gosh. How long ago was it that we did the makeup of true conservatives on Capitol Hill? It was several years ago. Yeah. And we found, I think, one and a quarter.
2: <laughs> you know, and it was because. Well, that's because some of the House Freedom Caucus were proposing an increase in the child tax credit. Yeah. Wasn't that the case? Right. Exactly. At that point. Well, and you had um,
0: uh, you had. Uh, over in the Senate, you had what well, was Mike Lee and Marco Rubio, who were uh, Marco Rubio, who were leading that. They they were the ones that spearheaded increasing the refundable, fully refundable amount in the child tax mm-hmm. credit. And so, we kind of shook our heads at that. Look, if
2: you want to increase welfare, let's have the discussion. And and so, again, I don't know what games, I'm not there, I'm not inside those meetings. I don't know what kind of games are being played, even though you can see, you know, the message that's being communicated mm-hmm. that uh, the House Freedom Caucus just wants to say no to everything and not do what you have to do in a republic, which is, you know, which is you have to eventually convince and negotiate. Yeah, or negotiate and yeah. and at the same time uh, uh, convince. But I understand when I see Chip Royce screaming, that's what we've been doing. That's what I've been doing since '89. Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed anything. No, no and, it's not. and so until you get, you know, until you get what where we are right now at the point where the reality of economics hits. The uh, wants of the public right in the face. You can't do this anymore. Inflation stays. Your taxes go up. Yep. Everything becomes harder for you. Yep. And when that happens, people want. And you and I went through the polling last week from NBC. And it was like everything... That was about the government giving you money or taking care of you. The public sided with the Democrats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anything else, crime, border, the economy, whatever, landslide numbers. Yep. And it's what we said. It's really still today the Ken and Ken vote. The Kevin, excuse me, the Kevin and Ken vote mm-hmm. that I talked about during the 2012 election. Didn't matter that everybody agreed much more with Romney than they did Obama. Obama. When it came down to it, and I said this the day before the election, it'll be the Kevin and Ken vote, which are the people that say, "Well, the Democrats will borrow as much money and do whatever they can to take care of us now, and the public is to hell with future generations." I want the
0: safety net. The banks got theirs. I want mine. I mean, yep. it was. You can go over and over the the years where and and look at where that mindset really started to change, and even to the point of. In 2016, 2017, we had people who said, I'm a Republican, lifelong Republican, and I think we need to take a look at single payer.
2: And you can look at it, you know, and, and uh, reading here from the Wall Street Journal, Mr. McCarthy had worked until the day before the shutdown deadline to pass a 45-day funding bill that included spending reductions, money for border security, and a commission on the growing federal debt. It would not have passed the Senate. But it would have given at least the House leverage in conference. The House, uh, the GOP's rejectionists defeated everything in that bill, and that's really where you saw some of the complaints come in, saying, "Look, this isn't a bad first start. It actually, you know, does does cut." Because that, and then they write here that led Mr. McCarthy no choice but to seek Democratic votes for a funding bill that included no GOP priorities, and you hear, "Okay, McCarthy's." negotiating or needing the, the Democrats and we shouldn't be negotiating that way, then the opposition comes back and says, yeah, but Gates is trying to get rid of McCarthy by using the Democrats. Right. So you get all that in there and it's like, okay, but what are they fighting over? What is what is what is the fight actually up, uh, about? And I do believe that many in the House Freedom Caucus, did I say Freedom Caucus before? House Freedom Caucus, I do believe that they're, You know, they were put in there in many conservative districts where they're like, you got, we've got to do something. Somebody needs to address this problem. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case until they have no choice, and then cuts will have to be made. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what they're saying. Okay, we've just got to get to that point where we can't do it anymore. I was reading the other day, it, uh, it caught my eye for a second. I misread it, the headline. I misread what was in it, but it was like, uh, As a ten-year Treasury bill could pay twenty percent, like what? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, no, no, twenty percent return over ten years, right? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So they're talking about if it's averaging four and a half percent interest, right? Compounding you know, over the compounding, it is either ten or twenty years. I forgot it was. Mm-hmm. It was like you know, twenty percent. I'm thinking for twenty. They're going to pay twenty percent, right? And it's like okay, I got to get my cash together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gold what yeah yeah this is the treasury bill guaranteeing 20 percent over that is a 10-year period actually you- i don't want to
0: see the fate of this country in 20 years so i'm not so sure it would be <laughs> <laughs> the payoff would be there uh, just based right. on where we're going uh, just blow the money now well no this is the attitude that a lot of people have you know we joke about it but it, it really stems from people calling us over and over again Uh, In 2009, the banks got theirs on what mine. Um, You know, again, in 2016, 2017, well, maybe we need to take a look at single payer. You know, these kind of things where if and we know that's going on with Republican voters. And the reason we know it is because the majority of Republican voters aren't screaming about the national debt. They're not screaming about spending the way they used to decades ago. And it's highly unfortunate. I saw an article about people's personal spending. They're still spending, people are still spending on vacations. They're spending on, on uh, personal items and everything else. And saving for a home or putting money in savings for any reason, be damned. If you don't care about that on the personal level, you likely don't on the national level.
2: Eight six six ninety red eye Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max.
3: Smart owner operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, Look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Brought to you by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Friday radio. He is Eric caller, and I'm Gary McNamara. And then the politics gets uh, in- involved, where it's like, okay, uh, you know, will the Republicans expel Gates? I'm like, and and the the most of the articles I read indicated that the Republicans would want to expel him because of the challenge to to uh, to uh, McCarthy. Uh, yep. But then you see they've been investigating him in the House Ethics Committee for a while now. And the latest, I guess, guess on the charges would be lobbying is what they're looking at him in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, for. So there's really not much to say about about that. But um, you can't, if 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 you if the if the House Freedom Caucus gets what they want, they close down government. Yeah. I mean, that's the, right. the, the, we know that two-thirds of the spending continues automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, as we know, it will be publicized that the Republicans shut down government. And yeah. so you yeah. attempt to come to some type of an agreement, and maybe you could get it now. Maybe you could get something. I don't know. But the fact is, if Democrats know that you're looking weak, and and the public blames you for 2024 and your polling numbers go into the toilet. It gives the Democrats even a better negotiating position than what they had before. Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, I don't know what can be accomplished by the Freedom Caucus between now and, you know, 45 days from now. I'm I'm not sure I'm with you. Look, if you know, if you can get anything, if, if you can move in in that direction and gain anything between now and then, then great. And that's what you hope to do each time. You make even the smallest of strides if you can gain something. But there is going to have to be, I, I and I don't know where it is. I don't know how, peop, how you make people care about spending and the national debt when they're paying record inflation, you know, over the past couple of years. And right now, it's become very unaffordable to buy a home or a car. I don't know how you make them care. I don't know how you make Republicans care that used to care. I don't know. But you don't. Or a new generation that doesn't care as much. Well, I was I was telling you about this story I saw in, in the Wall Street Journal. And here it is. Americans are still spending like there's no tomorrow. Concerts, trips, and designer handbags are taking priority over saving for a home or a rainy day. The Wall Street Journal, written by Rachel Wolfe. You know, if you're at that point of, well, I don't need to save for a rainy day. I'd rather have this, that immediate gratification then national debt is not even on your radar. And this is true even with some Republican voters. I don't know how to change that when you look out the door and fiscally, to me, there's a massive fire right there at your door. Because when we get to the point... And it feels repetitive, but we have to say it again. That you can't afford to service the interest on the national debt. Then forget about this negotiation back and forth between Republicans. There's not going to be any negotiation because programs are going to be cut full on. So I don't know how you make people learn. I don't.
1: good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast. Available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com
2: And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so when I look at this, we've been here, done this so many times as being talk show host, you know, with these budget things and shutdowns and everything else. And mm-hmm. we, you know, with all the, you know, the shutdowns in, in the past, uh, where Republicans were blamed for it. Um did we ever get to where we where where we should be as a nation? When it comes to our debt? No, it's I mean it's it's through the roof now and after COVID it's just it's absolutely through the roof with with uh you know deficits two million, interest rates going up. And so we've got, we're closing in at what, probably $750, $800 billion just on the interest on the debt that we have to pay. Yeah. Uh, And the more debt we have to pay, pay, the more, uh, you know, the more we have to, uh, you know, find people who wish to invest in our debt. And we don't have the Fed buying debt anymore because of extremely low interest rates. Right. So what do you do? You're in this this cycle where it's just not going to end, not going to end. I've always looked at it. And, and unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, however you wish to look at it, we are going to have to confront it and probably sooner than we thought with the debt because it's. Because it's through the roof. And as you've seen, you see, we've seen uh, the inflation now. We've seen gasoline prices go up. Uh, I'm afraid we may be in the same place where we were in the 70s, where we see inflation bad for a decade. Mm-hmm. And I, and with the amount of debt that we have, uh, I don't know how you solve that problem. I don't know how you solve Because the more desperate people become, because their dollar doesn't go as far... Because their quality of life is horrible, the more they're going to demand from the government, from a government that has to borrow it at higher and even higher interest rates. And, and uh, we've
0: seen that play out in recent years. 2016 Republicans were going to do away with all of Obamacare. 2017 Republicans, after they won, oh, wait, uh, our constituents don't want us to do away with everything, just the stuff we pay for, just the stuff they pay for.
2: Yeah, Take away the mandates take away the take away the costs well
0: child tax credit expansion when they yeah. expanded the child tax credit and were writing people checks monthly for six months at the end of that it ended in a December the polls were showing yeah we know we can't keep this spending up and then it wasn't long it was several months later the polls showed no we want the federal government to spend more to give us more money
2: and with the public being under the complete falsehood that the deficit and debt can be taken care of by cutting foreign aid. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the Ukraine thing they're jumping on so heavily because they view that, even though that technically isn't the, when we talk about the humanitarian foreign aid, when we talk about the foreign aid in a war, mm-hmm. uh, it's still foreign aid. Mm-hmm. And it increases the the amount, but still if you stop that and all of the foreign aid you're not going to make a dent in the deficit at all. The uh, The thing that the American public does not want to hear is that you're going to have to reform the entitlement programs in order to bring, bring the debt under control. But as long as America puts on its blinders, including Republicans that go, you know, uh, uh, let's put it out. Trump, is there any discussion in Trump on his campaign at all on massive deficit reduction? No, it used to be. Yeah, no, all all of it's gone. You really don't see it at all. It's not a topic of discussion at the debates, and it's the absolute blue whale pod in the living room, and everything that we see now, right now, the cost of living, inflation, everything is related to what the government is doing in spending, the manipulation of our uh, of the uh, of of the dollar over the last. Uh, 15 years like we have never seen in this country to give the Fed the ability to buy our own debt. All of it's caused because we want what we want now and how we pay for it, we don't give it. We damn. don't care.
0: Everything's fine mm-hmm. right now. I'm going to work. I'm coming home. The TV's still on. My phone's still on. What's there to complain about? Because, again, you look at it, and and I think people, this idea, the discussion over the the whole college debt thing, the college loan, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: really had a lot of people thinking that, well, if we just had the political will, not only would they get rid of college loans
2: and college debt,
0: They'll get rid of my debt. And if not, I'll just file bankruptcy.
2: I mean, that's the perfect example of where we are, what the mindset is. Mm -hmm. You know, the media wants you to focus in on only certain Republicans, Mm -hmm. you know, to use them as an example. And I know there's a lot of infighting with Republicans themselves. But the big picture is the media wants you focused in on the fighting back and forth. And the anger back and forth mm-hmm. and not where are we as a nation, you know, debt wise. Right. How much more how much more can we take? What do we have to do to really solve the problem? Right. And when America is completely uninformed or ignorant on that, when they believe one thing as completely false, if you don't reform Social Security and Medicare, you're never going to get there. Right. You're just never going to get there and the public doesn't want to hear that no you hear don't touch social security well what does that mean well don't stop the benefits all right then taxes are going to have to get up go up Mm -hmm. or you're going to have to borrow a ton more money in the future in order to pay for it which means the interest on the debt will continue to rise and rise and rise and it's just this, we're in this cycle that's not going to
0: end. And we're talking about roughly a decade from now. So how bad will it be by then? Yeah. You know, the, uh, it was Jamie Dimon that said it recently that the Fed's going to have to get a lot more aggressive on interest rates mm-hmm. in order to lower uh, the uh, what's going on with, with um, inflation. I've never thought that the Fed under current leadership is serious about inflation. And, you know, I I saw a lot of kickback on the, the financial uh, social media sites and posting that story, and some of the people were saying, well, of course the guy that's in charge of the largest bank of the world wants interest rates to go higher. The problem with that is that it changes behavior when interest rates go higher. I'm not so sure he does. Yeah, he may make more money. You can show me the math. I may be wrong about it, but I know that on the individual end it changes behavior. Well, yeah. We're because, seeing that already.
2: Right? Cuz it raising interest is your I mean that's inflation on money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, your the cost to borrow money is going up. That adds to inflation. Yep. And so we see it now. I mean, I just looking at now about how interest rates are even going up more in the mortgage markets and things are dying. That's because you can't stop economics. As things become more expensive, the incentive to buy a home is less. Therefore, people right. will react. Right. Well,
0: and, and I would say that, you know, I, I brought up the uh, the article in the Wall Street Journal. People are still spending. Are they spending because it's, well, we're on this train. It's going to crash. We might as well start drinking. So we're already on the road. They I don't, don't. I don't. The, you know what? I I'm not going to buy a house now for sure. So might as well spend the
2: money. Here's the thought I've had: even if their situation is worse, are they spending because even though they're not keeping up, they feel more secure in their jobs? Could be because of the no, because be. of the labor situation. That oh, it could be. All right, we can borrow a little more because you're working. I'm working. I'm working a job and a half. It might and be. even even though we're in yep. debt, let's give us these nice things, and then down the road, <laughs> yeah, down the road we'll we'll tighten the we'll belt because deal with it later. Because I just I think about that's the one thing that's changed mm-hmm. is if you're employed and you're doing a you're you're showing up every day mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're doing a. Uh, A half posterior job Mm -hmm. uh, that may be enough to keep you in your company, just because of the labor force, or or just keep you in the situation. I mean, if you're
0: willing to show up, then that's about ninety percent of it right now. For for a a potential employer, if you want to, if you get fired or want to jump ship, finding employment is not hard. And I think, you know, a lot of that, some of the back and forth is I want to work from home. I want to do this. I want to do that. But but overall, the picture is we're probably stuck in low unemployment mode for a long time because we're not having babies as a society. And we're not immigration is if you talk about legal immigration, You're going to get pushback. It doesn't matter who floats that out there. So how do you bring more workers in? Until innovation gets to the point that it can start making up some of that workload. And by the way, I question how much of that workload it can actually make up. You need a ton of humans for true wealth expansion, true economic expansion. It can't, an economy can't grow. Without more humans, as more humans grow, you know, if you, if you look at the society where we are now and what it takes now versus what it took 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Well, now we need more and more people in the workforce. You always have, really, for the expansion of, of an economy. But we had more people being born at, after World War II, women coming into the workforce. You know, you had a number of things uh, along the way. Baby boom. Yeah, huge baby boom. Yeah. You know, and those are the things that that fuel that. Innovation's only going to go so far. Right now, fast food's relying on it.
2: 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye radio. He's our Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. We thought this might happen. It looks like that on October 9th, Robert Kennedy Jr. will announce he's running as an independent. Okay. Um. Look, Uh.
0: you know, it is, we, we kind of scoff at it, but there is this whole, well, <laughs> both parties, blah, blah, blah. Now, we have an issue. We have issues with republicans. We have issues with Democrats. But when you're running on that, the question would be then, what are you offering? And does a third party candidate like an RFK steal from Republicans or steal from Democrats? <laughs>
2: The old thought would be, (laughs) I like how you said that, Mm -hmm. because the old thought, the old way of thinking is it's going to it would be purely Democrats. Right. You have a Republican Party that's become become quite populist. Mm -hmm. And and so when you become quite populist and we talk about Josh Hawley uh, and his wanting to cap credit card rates and Mm -hmm. Trump talking about 10 percent tariffs on everything that comes into this country, which would just destroy every free trade agreement we have, including USMCA. Yeah. <laughs> they did that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so uh, uh, across the board. So the protectionists are well entrenched in the Republican Party than mm. they m- much more than they were just even, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And so how many would look at a Bobby Kennedy that, uh, you know, is attempts to come up I me. Mean, he's as far left liberal as you could possibly imagine. hmm. But he's trying to, you know, portray himself as
0: more centered.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't buy it. You know, it's just like we thought with Adams, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, in uh, in New York. Right now, he he can't fight the left and Robert Kennedy wouldn't fight the left. But he could take a couple of percentage points away. And my gut feeling is it, he would still take more from the Democrat than he would a Republican.
0: I don't know how he would erode any of Trump's base, Yeah, which is different from Republicans. But the question would be independents and Democrats. I could see him gaining some independents. I don't know how many. And I agree with you. I think that he would, because of their candidate and the fact that most of them don't want their current candidate, he might steal uh, a few points. On the left
1: this is red-eye radio on westwood now it's red-eye radio Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: (laughs) All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio.
1: This is Eric Harley
2: and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm, I'm just chuckling because, of course... Just checking on the different headlines. Breaking news. Uh Uh-huh. Ready for the breaking news from last night? Sure, one up. Travis Kelsey leaves MetLife Stadium without girlfriend Taylor Swift after she brought A-list friends to watch the Kansas City Chiefs clinch a narrow victory over the New York Jets. And And so it begins. And then bad blood in question marks, and then they're following them. Here, she left with these people. He left with these people. (laughs) What's wrong? I have to know what's wrong. (laughs) Oh, people really need to get a life. They really do. Yeah. They really do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm shocked they ever left together. For her to get in anything, you know, that he drives, ew.
2: <laughs> and now they're already talking about the fact of her being used uh, to get Democrat votes in 2024. Well, why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? That uh, That's, you know, I, I didn't, you know, that's the whole thing. And, and, and I was looking at, and by the way, this all sort of does relate, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. saying he's gonna run as an independent and it's like okay, is he gonna pick one of the, the forward party or the no labels party? Mm-hmm. And uh and and I looked at the no labels party. They still don't know what they're about. Uh forward party is sort of trying to hint, in my in my opinion, and that's the Andrew Yang yeah. party. Right. Uh Chris Novoselic from Nirvana is also on the board of the forward party.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like, Oh really? All right. Did he claim to be a libertarian at one time? Yeah. 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 I'd, I'm going to read it from the forward party. Forward empowers leaders to find solutions that work in their communities. They won't dictate a rigid top-down policy platform and expect it to work for all Americans. And then if you look at it, if they their flow chart, our approach. National sets principles and values. State parties set priorities. State use our principles and values to weigh in on legislation. Candidates take positions on policies. Voters choose the policies via a primary candidate who best represents them. It does sort of hint that they're, Claiming, And I don't believe this is what Andrew Yang's about. That's why I don't believe it, that they're talking about states ought to control most legislation. That the original, the original mindset of the founding fathers, that states actually it's just an umbrella government from the federal government. But then again, if Andrew Yang believed that, he wouldn't have run for president stating that he wanted to give people $1,000 a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Basic living. Yeah, so I I mean I so who knows. But for the most part, it's still you don't know what they really stand for. Sixty percent of voters want a new political party, so we're gonna give it to them. We don't know where we stand on any particular issue, and we refuse to take any position or side on a controversial issue. Well, it sounds very beto. Yeah, I know. That's how bad it is. We're actually creating political parties that stand for nothing. Well, the rise of political parties that's, and
0: and by the way, that's a relative term. This is not, I don't want to, I don't want to imply that they're actually rising in a significant way. No, they're not. But the fact that they exist in a world where people don't care about the important things. And care more about Taylor Swift. I don't want the blah, 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 blah. Well, then, so what? you don't want to be a political party. Well, we don't want, we're not going to. Okay. Well, when, you, when you actually stand for something, that's when you start attracting
2: voters. How about Taylor Swift for president? Meghan Markle, there was a story last week that uh, she was contemplating running for Dianne Feinstein's seat.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I hope she does. And I hope she
2: wins.
0: (laughs) Please make that happen. None of it, you know, is it's it's all indicative of the same thing. The mindset that, yeah, we don't care. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to, you know, close the door. Draw the curtains, turn the TV off and live in a delusional blah, 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 blah world. It's so much easier than having to stand for something. Because, you know, doing things is hard.
2: (laughs) Well, I just want to, it gave me, it gave me with uh, Robert Kennedy hinting that he's going to run as an independent. It just made me interested. I had to go to the websites of both the Ford and the uh, uh, No Labels Party to see if there was any indication whether they might consider him. Uh, the No Labels Party is big on the insurance policy, the insurance policy to ensure mm. that we don't get radicals on mm. the left or right in there. Mm. Well, okay. The you know, the thing is, too, and they say, we're not going to be too far right. We're not going to be too far left. We're going to be right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. People are idiots to suck up that BS over and over again, are they not? And they feel that when they agree with it, that not only is it virtue signaling, but they believe that they, I I believe some believe that they are intellectually, uh, I won't say superior, but intellectually able to understand the concept of parties that stand for nothing as something that they can promote in their virtue signaling as being better.
0: Well, you know, it makes me wonder. I'm I'm really curious how far either of these two movements or that movement in general, I think we can lump them, you know, in the same type of category. I'm, I'm curious to see if they actually had any advertising how many people they could attract today. Oh, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to get engaged in this. I don't want to get engaged. We'll just do it this way. Well. Which is the do-nothing party.
2: Well, I mean, uh, I always go back to uh, Occupy Wall Street when they couldn't even get a meeting going. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they didn't stand for anything, the only thing that they, the only thing that came out of Occupy Wall Street was, <laughs> the banks should give you a refund for your college loan. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what about the school? They're the ones that promised you it. Yeah, but the banks are bad. <laughs> Remember, they found out that didn't, didn't one of the Occupy. Wall Street uh, organizations have their money like in Wells Fargo or something.
0: Yeah, no, it was. They, they said they had been telling people you need to put your money in a small bank, a community bank, and then they had their money in Wells Fargo. Well, we're, but we're shopping for a small bank. We'll mean it later. We'll have conviction later. We promise. I mean, this is where the world is today. I'll actually
2: believe in some things. I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's really incredible because politics is about issues. We all know it's about issues. Yeah. You're going to have to choose a side.
0: If the no labels party had any candidates, what would they believe in? What would they do? How would they vote on Capitol Hill on abortion? on major issues, on spending. Now, yeah, what's your view of the Constitution? Who's the Matt Gates of the no-label party? <laughs> Which one of them is going to protest their own party? I, I, I forgot, is
2: Joe Lieberman the no-labels party or the forward? I think he's, yeah. the, I think he's the no-labels party. I think that's, All li- right. I think that's Lieberman. All right. Yeah which is very Lieberman by the way. Well, well, he was Maverick adjacent. Exactly. So, he was always he was considered Maverick adjacent, so mm-hmm. he's a Maverick now. Yeah. So, a Maverick in 2023. Maverick. He
0: was the Maverick runner-up back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, second assistant Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> I just I it's it it's it's infuriating. You're drowning in a foot of water. Stand up. I just it's just infuriating because Well, it's people people will sit and they'll complain <clears throat> all day. But yeah, but I don't wanna I don't want to get into it. But I don't want to get into it.
2: Well, I think the perfect example is when we talk about, you know, what we're dealing with right now, the you know, the, what's going to happen in 45 days, whether there be a shutdown, whatever. And it's, you know, we've done this. We, we know what the response is. We know that, uh, you know, and we've been <clears throat> harping on it for the longest time, but Republicans believe the same as Democrats. Talk to a Republican when talk to any Republican who tells you, well, <clears throat> we can balance the budget. All we need to do is get rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending mm-hmm. and tell them that doesn't work. They will disagree with you all day. Yeah. And have no idea what the numbers are whatsoever. Right. Yep. They're as hardened in their position on that as Democrats are to some of the insane things oh, yeah. that they believe. Oh yeah. And it's like, well, no. You 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 can't oh, you don't care. The Republican Party has changed a lot over the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's changed a lot. It is not nearly as conservative as I would like it to uh, to be. And you see it. You see it being promoted as a conservative agenda. hmm Yeah. Trump with subsidies for ethanol and proudly promoting it. Mm-hmm. Josh Hawley wanting uh to cap credit card rates at eighteen percent.
0: Mm-hmm. You're jumping on the populist bandwagon.
2: Yeah. Not conservative. No. It's leading you right in the direction that Democrats wish to take the country. Yeah. Well, and
0: if that's the case and independents are, are leaning that direction, tell me who wins. I honestly don't know how you formulate. If you're talking about in districts, we could sit there and formulate an ad for conservatives in a conservative district and in a moderate district. But I don't know on a national scale. How you put together an ad anymore. I don't know how you say, how you promote what we actually need to be doing and politically get away with it. I don't know how you get a win that way.
2: Because nobody wants to hear it. We'll talk more 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: On right, radio, he's our crony, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just uh, reading uh, the announcement from Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, about, uh, and media was the first to uh, report it, that uh, he'll likely announce, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. announced his run as an independent candidate on October
0: 9th. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Americans are tired of being told what to do, what to think, and who to vote for, so vote for Bobby. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Americans are being tired of uh, told who what to do, what to think and who to vote for, said Tony Lyons, co-chair of the American Values 2024, the super PAC supporting Kennedy and the publisher of the Kennedy Beacon. They want real choice. uh, Lyons added they want a free and fair primary process filled with open dialogue and fierce debates. Continued Lyons, American Values 2024 is dedicated to getting Bobby's message to the American people, and the American people are clearly ready to hear it. Americans are more independent-minded and more open to a third party than they have been in recent memory. I'll be speaking about a sea change of American politics, Bobby Kennedy said in part, and what your party and my party is in that change. A lot of Americans who had previously given up any hope of real change would ever come through the American electoral process I've begun to find new hope in my candidacy. Blah 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 blah. You haven't said anything.
0: No, I mean, look, you're going to have to show that you're fighting for something that you're that that these are that you're going to have to identify the issues, not just say people are tired of this on political parties on the issues. Go to work. One of the things that um, uh, you talked about early on with in 2016 with Trump was he was identifying the problem. Yes. And at that time, illegal immigration was a m- massive problem, and it had been for years, but it was making the headlines again with a number of incidents. And you have to – there has to be an issue – that you're going to campaign on saying, I don't want this party. I don't like that party. We're, we're the no party party. Now yeah, the no goals party. What are your goals? <laughs> I still like that though. You know, I mean, yeah, because I it's show me what you want to do, what you want to get done. What are the five things I need to know? Well, I
2: mean with, with look with no labels and forward party, hey, you want to have a group of people that are trying to figure out what's going on together? I know it's go I don't I know it's going on. I don't need but I mean it's almost as if it's the party of the ignorant. Yeah. The no labels and the forward Well, no, that's it. Wait, all you people that just hate both parties. Okay, I hate both parties. Okay, I want to all sit in here. All right, we'll all sit in a room and we'll all calmly discuss what we want until we find out we're diametrically opposed on all the basic issues. Politics is about issues. So please tell me where you stand on the issues. Don't give me all this frosting. Don't Qu- tell me. I, I know the political parties are different. I know because I have criticism uh, for both political parties, more for Democrats than than Republicans, but when Republicans don't act like conservatives, we'll be the first one, and we know because we've heard it from the loyal Republicans out there when they pick a candidate and we say, hmm, that candidate is um, uh, full of it here on this particular issue, they don't like it. Uh, But the fact is, that's all we care about is issues. We don't care about people. Well, quit telling me. (laughs) Let me make this clear. We care about people. We don't care about the people in politics. We care about where they stand. We don't care about their imagery. Well, and that's it. The it's, it's
0: not about the people. It's about the ideas. Quit telling me what you aren't and tell me what you are. Yeah. You know, uh, it's uh, over and over again. It's about, well, we reject this and we, we don't want this. We're not this. Okay. You keep saying that now what are you tell us the things you would do if elected tell us the things you would want to get done if the people choose you stand for something on the issues what do you believe in
1: The Uniden America Studios.
2: And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want, if you can't listen live uh, overnight. There you go. All right. The vast majority of restaurants in San Francisco have been vandalized in the last month, a new survey suggests. The survey. By the Golden Gate Restaurant Association found that of the 74 respondents to a survey of restaurant owners in the city, just 3% said they had not experienced vandalism or property crime in the last month. Owners are struggling with vandals defacing their property as the city sees property crime uh, rise, the San Francisco Chronicle reported. While far from a new problem, graffiti and property crime contributes to the sense that running a small business in San Francisco feels like death by a thousand cuts, mm. said Hanson Lee, who is a partner in San Francisco's Lazy Susan, uh, Humphrey, Slocum, and Horsefeather. Owners are painting over graffiti on their days off. They're crowdsourcing the best cleaning solutions on social media. They're spending thousands of dollars to clean graffiti and fix smash windows while their margins are tighter than ever. In the last six months, San Francisco 311 Call Center received 10,000 reports of graffiti on commercial buildings and sidewalks. Wow. <clears throat> uh, three Target stores are shutting down in the San Francisco area. The city's office market hit a record vacancy rate in the third quarter according to data from real estate company CBRE reported by the chronicle almost 30 million square feet is listed for lease or sublease in the city wow Mm. that's been a big story the last couple of weeks
0: hasn't it it's not going to change and nothing is going to Nothing is going to be different. Uh, Politically, you're not going to come in there and have a bunch of pro-law enforcement conservatives be placed into office on the city level. That's not going to happen.
2: A Democratic leader in Chicago is decrying the city's uh, response to crime, saying innocent people are being hunted down like prey. Hmm. Democratic Chicago alderman Raymond Lopez Uh, told Fox News last week that things like robbery, burglary, arson, assault, even threatening electric officials like myself do not warrant you being held on bond anymore in the state of Illinois, and criminals are taking note. They become emboldened, and the deafening cry is not heard by the politicians uh, demanding change. They only sit back, as you saw, And try to stick to the script even when the public refuses to participate. Uh, Lopez told Fox News that voters are noticing that when they elect socialist or ultra-progressives, they wind up with a tone-deaf leadership. Well, that would be the Democratic Party. Yeah. The Democratic Party was completely behind to fund the police. Yep. And they're not doing anything about
0: it in these major cities.
2: No. No. It's unfortunately, it's still it's still going on. They they don't care to hear you, but they've become the party. Look, any party. You know, how long have we have said this because of the identity politics? We've said this for such a long time. I mean, early on, because we had mentioned earlier about uh, the fact that when we were talking about the deficit, well, we've been talking about it for a while because I was talking about it in October of 89. It was the first major topic but I actually covered as a talk show host. Oh, all right, hmm. all right. Officially, thirty-four years. Right now, like Monday of this week, it was Monday of the first week of October of '89. So, right. it may not be the exact
0: day, but nineteen eighty-nine. To be clear, what I what I say? Yeah, you said '89. Yeah. Yes, '89. Right. Yes.
2: <laughs> you know that joke's wearing a little bit.
0: Not on me. It isn't. <laughs>
2: But, uh, uh, you know, you you look at uh, the identity politics and I remember covering it way back then when black conservatives were being targeted, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Bork, Clarence Thomas. Mm -hmm. You think about it, the racism that if you're black and don't think the way the left wishes for you to think, the things that they will actually, you know, say to you that are so incredible. Incredibly, racist have been going on thirty four years that I've been a talk show host. They now. proudly promote where they stand yeah. on this, and and for the Republicans to let them get away with it year after year with not be without being a consistent message, which is an easy message. We've won this. Mm-hmm. We've won this argument long time ago, because it's the Republic or excuse me, it's the Democrats themselves that have talked about the problem. Of judging people by groups and not individuals. And now critical race theory the Democrats fully support is based on that entire concept.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's and and it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, Senator Tim Scott still gets it today. And they're very open. The left is very open about it. You can't be a conservative and be a person of color. We will come after you. And the way that they go after them is to tell everyone and try and convince people that if you're black and you're a conservative, something is wrong with you and someone else is leading you to be a conservative. That you can't think for yourself,
2: you don't. Have you a mind can't of your own.
0: think right. differently than others.
2: My gosh, tell me that's not racist. I know. It, it, to me, it's the mo- one of the most amazing developments in modern politics. The way that the Democratic Party morphed, you know, from the 1960s as being absolute racist to actually turning it around. And calling it, you know, basically identity politics is what it began or what it became. And it's the stereotyping of of uh, of groups. Mm Then and and it's not about individuality and and autonomy. It is about judging everyone by groups. Whites think this way. So blacks must think this way. Mm -hmm. And we realize the thing that we realize is it's been so blunt from them that they use it as an attack weapon on others yeah. when they, because they were the first ones to call somebody else racist. we've always wondered, why do they do that? I know I'm not a racist. I don't, I don't make my judgments based on skin color. I never have. And I've been involved in so many different businesses, whatever. It's really never come up because I don't care. All I care is in a, in a job situation or whatever, what is our goal? We're mm-hmm. all after the same goal, it doesn't matter. Right. And right. they don't think that way. They think that the way that you think is racist. It's like, well, how do they get to that point? Well, You realize they feel their guilt. That's why they, I, I'm convinced. That's why Democrats. Democrats want reparations. They know they're racist and they feel guilty about it. Right. They know they practice identity politics and down deep in their soul, they know it's wrong. And so they think, well, maybe we should pay, you know, maybe we sh- th- that would be a way to show it. Or it's just their guilt coming to the forefront because of their bigotry. And they're and, not
0: going to change the no. tactic politically because it's still working for them today. Yeah, That's how they are able to openly promote such racism, such racist ideas of saying, if you're a person of color, you can't be a conservative. You can't think differently. Wow. Every and time you say it out loud, it's mind-boggling,
2: and, 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 then and we, they promote right. it proudly. And then you saw how it morphed into the transgender movement, mm-hmm. the intimidation of people. Yeah. The intimidation of, of, of women, the threatening of women on it. Mm-hmm. And so playing into the stereotypes is, you know, that's, as we all know, that's what leads to, you know, if you don't, if you do not, if you don't have a mindset of treating everybody by the content of their character and what comes out of their mind, means you judge somebody by their mind. Right. Anything else is stupid, Mm -hmm. but it's done all the time and the Democrats have lived on it. They've reversed it a little bit. But it's still the same thing. And the condescending, the condescension towards conservative blacks is just so blatantly racist. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know? no, it's it's something they promote proudly. Um, and we've seen it over and over again over the years. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't change it only in in fact they only ramp it up. You know that they're afraid if there are any conservative blacks in that are uh, getting people's attention that are gaining any notoriety for whatever reason. Uh, Tim Scott, as we mentioned, Senator Scott is currently running for president. Uh, that started that's been continuing all of his career uh you look at Byron Donalds you look at at the entire and and back in the day Mia Love when she was serving
2: and then you go back to when i first became a talk show host and many of the the black conservative talk show hosts including uh Larry Elder mm-hmm. who's running for president I mean, he, he he saw a ton of that oh yeah i remember yeah. Armstrong Williams mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these early black conservative uh, talk hosts were viciously attacked by the left as, you know, in racial ways, in Mm -hmm. racial terms. Mm -hmm. Not just, no, you've got it wrong. Let me debate it with you. Here's where you're wrong. But the label that would be thrown at them, Uncle Tom, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't enough to say we disagree with that, you know, with that person who is a conservative who happens to have black skin No, we go a step further. We'll label them basically an enabler of racism because they choose to think as an individual and not have a group mindset Right. based on physical characteristics. The left went crazy when that started happening, Mm -hmm. and they still do it today. Identity politics is, as we have said, when, uh, you know, when uh, the question was asked because of the summer of 2020, is uh, racism systemic in our society? Absolutely. But the opposite of what where the left is telling you to find it. Mm-hmm. It exists in the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party has been the strongest and most powerful group uh, 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 for racism, slavery, and Jim Crow laws than any other entity in the history of the United States. And they still remain, they still retain so much of that today in their identity politics. Right. And it's so blunt and everybody knows it. And I'm just always amazed that Republicans won't tear it apart like we do. All the time we've torn it down. Right. And gone point by point as to what they say and what they do and what specifically they say and then why it's racist. Yep, and they're proud of it. The left yeah. is proud of it. Eight six six ninety red
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Eye Radio. He's Eric Crawley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I mean, there's more of it uh, here too. Innocent people being hunted like prey in Chicago. That's from a Democratic city leader. You saw that uh, Hochul again over the weekend, saying we cannot, we cannot, you know, be doing what we're doing mm-hmm. with the migrant situation. You got more counties now because remember Adams said, okay, we're going to send our homeless to you. More counties now coming out against that. Uh, I mean, it's just you think about it, and then I saw, uh, you know again all you know the, the fact of you know Newsom and uh Newsom uh appointing uh the uh the woman from Emily's list uh to uh fill until 2024 the uh, Feinstein seat mm-hmm. Alfonso well, Butler mm-hmm. yeah and and just more coming out on him saying well yeah he's good looking as i've said looks like Pat Riley from the 1980s coach of the Lakers said but think about it everything that's bad california's first in that was pointed out by a few people over the weekend mm. Ever you name it homelessness number mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. poverty number one people moving out number one mm-hmm. cost of living number one mm-hmm. you know you look at all those things you'd be able to use uh, 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 against him and it's like he doesn't want to run no i mean look um or he may want to run, <laughs> but he... He doesn't
0: he, see it as a problem, right. or any problems they have are caused by something else and not their state policy, which is ludicrous.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, eight six six ninety uh, red eye He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, surprise, 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 Merrick Garland uh, on 60 Minutes last night. We
3: do not have one rule for Republicans and another rule for Democrats. We don't have one rule for foes and another for friends. We don't have one rule for powerful and another for the powerless, for the rich or for the poor.
2: Uh, he wouldn't answer any questions. He just went on because he knew he could get out what he wished to get out, I think. I think there is, I don't know whether it's the, I, I know the polling shows there is very little trust in the Department of Justice, Yeah. but he was pounded so hard last week. I wonder whether he said, I need a friendly audience now. I need, I need to find a place where I don't have to answer any questions. I can just put out that we're absolutely fair. We're fair. We're fair. We're fair. We're fair. We're fair. We're fair. And any questions you ask me, I can't answer because we're fair.
0: Out of the sense of fairness, we're not going to answer that question about fairness.
2: First thing I thought when I saw that he was going to be on, I went, oh, okay, Uh, he needs the PR. Well, and, and the thought that it
0: might do him some good, who came up with that?
2: Because it doesn't help him. Well, I think what he's hoping for is that uh, there are people, The you're looking at the people that can't decide a week out who to vote for. I can't figure out who I'm going to vote for. Is it going to be Trump or is it going to be uh, Biden? I just, I, you know, after all these years, I just can't make that decision. I think that's who it's for. It's It's not for the partisans. It's for the people who don't pay attention.
0: Do they care enough to even for to even hear from him, I guess, would be the next question then. I mean, I just don't see the point of him going on. I know why he thinks that he should go on. It's his arrogance that drives him because he can say anything that he wants, but his actions show otherwise. That this has been about weaponizing the Department of Justice under mm-hmm. Merrick
2: Garland, that's been ramped. And the actions prove it. Well, and the thing is, until he can give an answer, which he refuses to give on the Hunter Biden thing, nobody buys it. Right. And nobody buys the plea deal. Nobody buys what happened afterwards, you know, when the judge rejected the plea deal. And now they're coming back again, but it's only on the gun charge mm-hmm. and not the tax charges that could lead to the president. Mm-hmm. To sit there and say that there is no indication whatsoever. No and I have no idea where they're coming from. There's no indication of any favoritism whatsoever here uh-huh. with the debacle that, that happened there, mm-hmm. you can't you you know you nobody buys it. No. Well because you again you can't change what has happened the
0: actions uh under at the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland. You can't So he can sit there and talk till he's blue in the
2: face. And I think with Uh, The investigation going on in Congress, there's going to be pounding away every single day. You know, it came Mm -hmm. out over the weekend that uh, I forgot what TV network he was on. Was it ABC where uh, Hunter Biden said in 2019, I've never taken any money Mm -hmm. from the Chinese as he was taking that 200 right around the time that he was taking the two hundred fifty thousand dollars from the Chinese. Right. You know, so all these things come out every day and it's just it's drip, 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 drip. This story came out, Biden family values. (laughs) Rich Lowry in National Review. Mm -hmm. President Biden is a family man in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, the big guy, is the big man of the Biden clan, lending to his family a sense of protection and plenty of patronage. The family, rather than any one individual, is the best prism through which to look at the whole tawdry enterprise the biden brand was the business and the bidens as such were beneficiaries and i'm glad that somebody's finally doing this as national review but i think republicans need to do this on a much more consistent basis foreign entities sent 24 million sloshing around biden accounts including two dozen shell companies between 2014 and 2019 A big Wall Street Journal report expands on how Joe Biden's power and influence were routinely invoked by his family members seeking new business, not just in the most notorious foreign deals. Joe Biden's brother James often used it as a crutch when pulling in new business. The promise of the Biden name creating riches and providing legal protection were so direct that some of the other parties to these deals thought that the assurances created actionable claims when business magic did not ensue. At times, the journal writes, business partners were ultimately disappointed when the Biden name failed to unlock access or markets, leaving a trail of legal proceedings and paperwork outlining the grievances of MIFT former business associates the profits to the bidens who made money even if their promises did not pan out were dispersed widely representative james comer has established that nine biden family members receive payments from foreign deals including a grandchild Hmm. it is telling and really in some ways all you need to know The payments from the Romanian businessman went, as the New York Post has noted, to accounts identified only by the name Biden. The same was true of a payment from CEFC China Energy. How is it possible that at least as Joe Biden maintained his initial denials, that he knew nothing about all of these dealings involving his family? Finally, somebody's been bringing up what we've been pounding. Exactly. We've been pounding on this. It had to be one thing not to know had family members been estranged from one another. But the Bidens, by all accounts, are tight. James Biden and Hunter Biden, for example, call themselves best friends. James Biden is uh, uh, the president's brother. And it's not as if Joe's drug-addicted son was off on his own making wild deals that no one else in the family was involved in or approved of. He was in league with Joe's non-drug-addicted brother. You could also understand, in theory, natural human reflex to try to look away from the Hunter Biden train wreck and know as little as possible. But why look away from Jimmy? That's his other brother. Mm -hmm. Indeed, there's been so much focus on Hunter with his lurid lifestyle and treasure trove of laptops. But uh, James Biden shouldn't be forgotten. He was right there. And reportedly, his consulting firm got 20 transfers from CEFC, totaling nearly $1.4 million. That Joe Biden knew none of this was such a preposterous notion It's a wonder he ever dared to try to get away with it. But a compliant press enabled him for a long time. Now the standard has shifted from did he know to did he directly benefit? Wow, this is just great stuff. Let's assume we learn nothing else. The answer is still yes, of course, he benefited. Most fathers and grandfathers When they contemplate something happening to them, worry whether their families will be taken care of. The various foreign patrons and business partners of Hunter and James contributed to achieving this important end for Joe and without anyone needing to bother to do much work. Mm. Look at it another way. Would the ordinary father want the widow of his dear deceased son to be more financially comfortable or less? Well, Haley Biden got cuts from the Romanian business uh, person and the Chinese companies? Or alternately, would the ordinary father worry about how his (laughs) 'er ne'er-do-do-well son could make ends meet? One of the first questions you'd assume any concerned father would ask is how is he going to make a living? Well, all of this and more was covered by the family influence peddling business. Imagine if someone came to you and you had no ethics and said, I can't pay you off because... That would create all sorts of problems, but I can shower your family with money. Would you say, nah, no thanks? Finally, outside of any potential direct transfers of money to Joe Biden, there's a sheer psychological benefit most people would feel about being the big guy who is the means for the rest of the family to make easy money. We have other indications of how mixed together this all was, As we just learned, wires to Hunter Biden of more than a quarter of a million dollars of Chinese money listed his father's home as the beneficiary address. Mm -hmm. Hunter complained at one point about having to support his family financially for years. On the other hand, when Hunter had flat run out of money in late 2018 and needed help making various payments and wanted to move in with his dad, James reassured him. This can work. You need a safe harbor. I can work with you, uh, with your father alone. Wow! Everyone was in it together. It was a family business, just like the neighborhood sandwich shop or the mob-connected cement business. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But it's true. Something I mean, we've
0: been saying for a long time. And when they said, you know, when the, when everybody else is saying, well, this is about Hunter. And the rest of the family. Right.
2: And that's why we have stated that the corner they backed themselves into now is that Hunter Biden was corrupt, the entire family was corrupt. Yep. They were all using Joe yep. to pedal, you know, to uh, pedal influence and telling corrupt corrupt individuals all around the world that we can get our our father or our brother to do these things for you. And the entire family was involved in this multi-year conspiracy that they had set up, the family set up with bank accounts and 20 LLCs and all of this was happening and Joe Biden had no idea that Mm -hmm. any of this was happening. Mm -hmm. Believable? No. No. And that's the problem that the Democrats have and they're going to continue to have that especially now, and I think this was really the reason a couple of weeks ago when I think Democrats started extrapolating out what the Republicans may have and if they get the wire transfers and everything, everything stinks. And it continues, and every single day. By the way, there's the other thing, too. The president was out talking about the fact that we need, you know, got to stop this disinformation.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Do you really think, I mean, did the, the Seinfeld... When George said it, it's not really a lie if you believe it. Do you, I, th- I actually think, because the one thing that was over the weekend that I saw where he was talking to someone, he was saying that, um, oh, what did he say? He got um, Strom Thurmond to vote for the Civil Rights Act mm-hmm. as he was leaving Congress, as Biden was leaving Congress. And it was just, it was the most bizarre thing because he got everything wrong. Uh, he said, when I left the Senate, I was able to convince Strom Thurmond, to vote for the Voting Rights Act. Thurman died in 2003. Biden didn't leave the Senate until 2009. The Voting Rights Act was passed in 1965 before Biden was in office.
0: Does he really believe it? Or things are just firing off?
2: Over and over again, we've seen this. Because when we left the Senate, Strom Thurmond wasn't alive, and when he said he got him to pass the Voting Rights Act, that was in 1965. Biden wasn't even in public office at that point. I mean, everything was wrong. There wasn't one thing in that statement that was right. Well,
0: and, and you, you know, just they're going to have to walk, try and walk that back again. Corrine Jean Pierre will be challenged with doing that today. It's just like you just shake Every head. single time they have to try and walk it back.
2: Well, they could just give that normal answer. He loves his son. Yeah, why not? It's nothing to do with this topic, but right. that's the pat end. Why not? eight six six ninety 90 red eye Brought to you by Hotshot Secret.
4: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Drivers must always be prepared for a roadside inspection. This means drivers should always have their personal, vehicle, and company credentials organized and ready, and having any shipment paperwork, such as bills of lading or hazardous material shipment emergency response information, organized and ready for the inspection official. Just an FYI, the top two violations written against drivers every year, as well as during Operation Road Check, are log general form and manner and log not current. Both are completely avoidable if the driver keeps the log accurate, compliant, and current at all times. Having the vehicle ready for inspection involves the driver conducting daily inspections and making sure any problems that are discovered are immediately corrected. Vehicle readiness also requires the company to make sure that the vehicle is current on all scheduled maintenance and that the maintenance schedule is adequate. This will make sure the driver is being given a sound vehicle to start with. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
2: It's hey, Red Radio. He is Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. We've been so busy. We didn't even ask each other. How was your weekend? That was good that was yours good good just uh did a ton of uh work around the house that's really it it's that time of the year just so didn't do anything except work around the house yeah it went by quick i'm trying to think if it was anything exciting anything happen i didn't even talk i don't think i even talked to Anybody who had anything really interesting to say? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, but uh, I think anything? Nah, just in, we're in October now. So,
0: the yeah. October is here, whether we like it or not.
2: Yep. Some of the news, interesting. New York Governor Hochul now wants to limit who crosses the border says it's too open right now. Democratic New York Governor Kathy Hochul on Sunday called on Congress to limit who crosses the border, saying it's too open right now. Wait a minute. Isn't she supposed to call for the generic uh, uh, immigration, whatever they call it? Reform? Immigration reform? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Look, up is down. They're getting flooded in New York. So she's starting to see the crack in her numbers, apparently. Her internals must not be good on this issue. Because the people in New York are, they're overwhelmed. Just like the border states have been for a long, long time.
2: Well, we want to have a a limit on who can come across the border. Xenophobe! Exactly. By the Democrat standard.
0: Well, and you have to uh, ask the question, okay, then who would you allow?
2: People coming from all over the world are finding their way uh, through simply by saying they need asylum. Uh-huh. And the majority of them uh-huh. seem to be ending up in the streets of New York, uh-huh. and that's a real problem for New York City. 125,000 newly arrived individuals, and we are being taxed. We are always so proud of the fact that New York has a statute of uh, statute, <laughs> statue of liberty. I'm getting mixed between mixed between statue and statute now. Right. Uh, we have the statute. Statue of Liberty in the harbor, blah, 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 Uh but don't come. Yeah, we don't (laughs) want you here. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. That's how bad it's getting.
1: Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio.
2: And he is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Did you see the picture of Elon Musk with the big gun? Shooting that gun. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other day on the border wearing the cowboy hat.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah.
0: He yes. was uh near Eagle Pass, uh-huh. Texas and was wearing the cowboy hat. Is he going to buy the border? Has anybody heard that rumor? (laughs) Usually, he's only doing research on something he's going to buy (laughs) or invent. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, An all-electric fence? That's probably not going to happen.
2: Remember... Remember when Trump was promoting that the wall they could put solar panels on?
0: Oh, yeah. And I think at one point it was also sponsor, huge, you know, huge parts of the
2: wall. Sponsored. Who's going to buy that? (laughs) Acme barbed wire company. I I, (laughs) I guess.
0: I guess. Yeah, I, uh, it was, you know, um, because... Elon Musk lives in Texas now, primarily. Um, It's you're showing your concerns over uh, the state you live in, but of course, on the national scale, does it do anything? Does it add anything to it if Elon Musk is live streaming? border crossings i do like the idea by the way of live streaming it but that would be a constant camera
2: yeah on all the borders uh, yeah it's
0: to make people aware And, and maybe he brought some awareness to it i don't know i i don't know who's not paying attention to the border crisis right now by this time because if you're not you don't care
2: People will complain about it, but there does not – maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe if you were inside the cities, you would really feel it. Or the cities that are experiencing it. Because remember, in New York City, Hochul said 125,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least 100,000 have nothing to do with Texas. And add right. probably more. Right? So I think it was 13,000 a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, the vast majority was sent by the feds. Yep. Yeah, you know, uh, up there. And you've got Kathy Hochul saying, well, you can get in for any type of amnesty, and we have to limit it. So, we need to limit the amnesty. You just don't right. sign people and let them come in. Right. Well, that was the stay in Mexico policy mm-hmm. or stay in your home country policy mm-hmm. that the Trump administration had the day one Biden administration took out. That's the problem. Yeah, Biden created the problem. Yep. By the way, Republicans should be much clearer on that. I think. It yeah, It doesn't I, take. They know. were saying it early
0: on, but but they should be they should be saying it every single yeah. day when we talk about the border. But it is something created by Joe Biden. And when you have Governor Hochul now screaming, hey, whoa, 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 we can't take any more. Think about this. This is in the wake of over the summer, D.C. screaming, there's too much crime. They're murdering people in the streets just a
2: few short months after saying nothing's wrong here. Well, you have Holkel saying something is wrong, and all last week, again, the administration was saying the border is secure. Mm-hmm. You had Representative uh, Presley up there answering the question how many times, four or five times from mm-hmm. Jake Tapper. Yeah. Are you saying it's secure? Yes. Well, secure means this it's secure. It's secure. So for the Democrats screaming, there's nothing that the federal government can do for you or the leader of your party because he says it's secure. Mm-hmm. That's the official policy. Of the administration. There is no problem. It's secure. There's a separate, completely, totally unrelated humanitarian crisis, but that's completely unrelated to the border policy at the moment. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Created by Joe Biden. And, you know, I, I don't know because... Governor Hochul, you know, uh, saying this, I don't know what impact it has. Probably the same impact within the party, I mean, as uh, as Mayor Adams in New York City. Screaming for help. And then he finally gets a response from the administration and they send
2: someone else. And it's not Biden. Several uh, critics online criticized Uh, Hochul for changing her tune since espousing New York as a sanctuary state and encouraging people to come in 2021. Mm -hmm. More than 125,000 migrants have since arrived in New York City since last year. Hochul recently secured a deal with the Biden administration to expedite work authorizations and delay deportations for Venezuelans seeking asylum. Hochul activated An additional 150 National Guard members last week to address the migrant crisis and to help with case management, the move increased the total number of National Guard troops dedicated to the mission in New York at 2,200. But you see here, this is the important part. Yet New York City Mayor Eric Adams, whose relationship has soured with fellow Democrat Biden, by repeatedly demanding more federal assistance on the migrant crisis over the past couple of months, has said that more new waves arriving uh, migrants are not from Venezuela, uh, but they're from African nations, China, even Russia. Right there, though, I mean, it's Adams. You guys created this. Help us. Nope. Because they can't, but if they go to Congress say we need money from Congress for what's going on at the border, well then Republicans can point right to him. So he has to pretend there's no problem. Yeah, and you better take care of it yourself. Right, and we don't care. We remember the vast majority of of migrants in New York City are were not sent there from Texas. Right, close to ninety percent. Came from the federal government, or they made it there on their own because New York publicized themselves as a sanctuary city. Yeah, they look. We said from the
0: beginning when the when sanctuary city policy was ramping up, especially during the Trump years. Where do you get the money? Well, they. This it it was not about reality ever hitting. We want to, you know, we want to talk and promote ideas in the abstract. We'll welcome everyone here. Well, everyone's here. Oh, wait, we can't afford this. And it was bound to happen. At some point, it was bound to happen. Biden is just playing the liberal playbook. But the problem is it's hit reality status. It's no longer in the abstract. And You they, can't just say, yeah. well, we welcome everyone here. By the way, I said it a couple of weeks ago. You got the Statue of Liberty and in New York, they're screaming don't bring us, you're tired and you're weak. Nope. Take them to somewhere else because we don't have the money, we don't have the room, we don't want them here, blah, 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 blah,
2: blah. Well, how dare you? And we don't even want to admit that there's a problem. We'll say there's a humanitarian crisis, but that has nothing to do with the secure border. I mean, it's just the gaslighting. Well, because (laughs) in,
0: in order to immediately fix the problem, what's the one thing they could do? Adams went to the courts to say, uh, you need to do something about our sanctuary city policy. They have the votes to undo it.
2: Yeah, they would have. They would have to refuse them and say, "No, you can't come here. There'd be no hotels. Well, there's there's there's, there's that's nothing for you got, that We have point. no yeah. services right.
0: to provide you whatsoever. Right.
2: But they don't. Want and
0: to... we're and we're going to reverse right. our policy and start co-
2: cooperating with federal enforcement. Right. They're not going to do that. Well, they don't want to do that because. Uh, then they'll be viewed as the ones that, all right, you know, that that's why, excuse me, that's why they want to go to the federal government because they're going to the federal government saying you need to pay for this because they don't want to pay for it mm-hmm. because if they pay for it, they may have to cut city services. You see that 15% across the board they were talking about in New York City? Yeah. 15% just because of this. Right. And now they're screaming and yelling and the people are, the, the public's screaming and yelling, but they can't back off because they said, come here, come here, come here. And the federal government's like you told even the Biden administration, your sanctuary city. You told them to come there. Now you're coming to us for help. We're not going to help you. Right? You said you were willing to cover the cost. And why should, if you're willing to cover the cost of it, and you call yourselves officially a sanctuary city, why should you expect anybody else to pay for the so-called honor that you created for your own city? why in the world would right. you, you
0: should be proud of it you should be saying we'll find a way to take care of them all oh wait a minute you don't really mean it
2: yeah it's just and then i saw another story yesterday one of the counties because what they said adams was like okay we're gonna if you won't take the migrants we're gonna send you our homeless and i know one county came out and said don't you dare do that I, i'll i i did not see the specifics of it but there's I think you're going to see a lot of these rural counties in New York that, yes, are Republican and conservative go. Nope. Right. Take care of the problem that you created and you promoted. You said, please, please, please come here, come here, come here. And your president opened it up. Mm -hmm. And now you're complaining, yet this is what you've been calling. This isn't just about, well, if you accidentally come here. The sanctuary cities was part of the promotion of open borders that the Democrats have been pounding for the last two decades. Yeah. Now you got a president that did exactly what you wanted to be done. And now you're saying, well, no, we don't want you because it's going to be a hardship. Well, you asked for the hardship. Yeah, this
0: is exactly what you planned for. This is what your policy states you wanted
2: to happen. You know, we're adults here. Actions have consequences. So when you decide as a legislative branch with the support of the people of that state mm-hmm. to put in a certain policy, when the consequences hit, don't ask somebody else to pay for it. Don't be shocked. And certainly you provided for this in funding. And they didn't. Nope. Eight six six ninety red eye It's Friday radio. Uh, He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. What questions the Biden family should be asked now that the impeachment inquiry is 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 on? Hmm. Um, Oh, I got to find that story too that talked about uh, uh, other witnesses that they may be looking into uh, for uh, public testimony coming up. Right. I just saw that Uh, here during the show. I got to get back and read that one. Also, uh, a COVID vaccine poll finds more than half of adults. Are likely to say no thanks to the booster vax.
4: Hmm.
0: Um Are we done with it? Do we believe as a society that we are that that herd immunity is already here?
2: Yeah, I I, well I would think two things. That COVID the severity of it you may have you may have difference in um, uh, how transmissible it is how contagious it is but we've never really had a much worse COVID than the COVID previous to it Mm -hmm. and from what I have from what I have seen I'm sure most people have seen it they believe that every person in America has been exposed to it yeah and for example uh, I never tested positive for COVID. E- even when I was sick a couple times and was sure I had COVID, I never tested positive. Mm-hmm. Did I have it? Was I exposed to it? Oh, of course I was. Yeah, could have. Did I have it? I'm sure you had it at some I, point. I probably had it. Yeah, just a very mild form uh, of, uh, of it. So really, outside of those with immune compromised, you know, situations. Or the elderly or the obese, Mm -hmm. most people probably say no. Right.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.